0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Anime Talk. Today we have lots of news to cover. Um, Actually, no, I'm lying. (laughs) There isn't much news that I can cover in terms of anime. But there is one particular topic that I'm going to talk about and then we are going to go into um, reviewing and talking about the latest chapters in Jujutsu Kaisen, My Hero Academia and reviewing Demon Slayer manga. So... We're gonna start and let's have fun. Alright, so let's get into it. So, as it seems, um, Cowboy Bebop has been cancelled by Netflix after only one season. And while this is, you know, troubling for those people who have been working on this series, it's kind of a great news for everybody else. Rather, let's say, all of the world. Why? Well, let me tell you why. Because Cowboy Bebop was nothing like the anime. They claimed that they were gonna respect the anime, that they thought that, you know, people would be angry if they screwed things up and things like that, blah, blah, blah. Most of that were just lies. I mean, first of all, it looked nothing like the anime. Secondly, it didn't even have a lot of scenes in space. I mean, it says, See you, space cowboy? Where's the space part? And most of the time, their designs and philosophy was just wrong. Look, let me tell you something. If you're going to adapt an anime, you're either going to do it you know direct like exactly what it is or you're gonna do a story in that world okay that stands on its own right so these are the only two ways that you can do it that will actually make the anime look good so if you see a story like for example cowboy bebop needs to basically be adapted the way it is that's how people loved it that's how the story went you cannot suddenly change your you know design and be like yeah this is fine it's no problem it's pretty cool no you're gonna change the race of characters every time you want change who the character is change them from someone nice to someone bad you know someone that basically just wants to you know be a foul-mouthed character you cannot do any of that Alright? I I mean, this is not something hard that Netflix didn't understand. I mean, how difficult is it to basically just make one live-action anime? It's not difficult. But we've seen time and time again that Netflix thinks to themselves that, No, we know better than everyone, including the creator. Why? Cowboy Bebop is not the first, nor is it gonna be the last one that will be terrible. I mean... I didn't watch Cowboy Bebop at all, the, you know, the Netflix version, and I will never do that. But seeing clips, seeing people's opinions, seeing why they hate it, became clear to me that, yeah, it should be hated. Like, Faye, why does she curse all the time? Why is she bisexual? Who decided this? Why Jet has been changed from an Asian to a black person? Why are we seeing, for example, you know, Vicious look like this? Or Julia? I mean, Jesus. Look, I don't know who thought these were good ideas, but doing these kinds of things, I'm thinking that, hey, I'm being SJW, I'm being politically correct, screw you. Sorry that I have to be this direct. Not everything needs to be like that. We are not living in a world that needs everything to change so that it can be politically correct. Alright? Let that rest. If you're so inclined to actually make a change in the way characters are shown, why not create a character who can basically live alongside others? It's just like, you know, recently the executive producer on James Bond said, he, she. I, I don't know who that person is, but they said that... Um, We are never going to make James Bond into a woman, but we are going to create great female characters that can be in that world. That is what we want. I don't want to see James Bond being turned into Jane Bond, for example. Why would you do that? But I would love a character that has the moniker 007 and yet is a badass. That is far better than changing. That's far better than changing the race of a character, the sexuality of a character, so that he can be politically correct. And something that def... something that... I will to say def note. Something that Netflix should understand is that by now you should have realized that this kind of thing doesn't fly. Those are a minority that go on Twitter and, you know, basically uh, get angry about why, for example, this character is not black. Why this character isn't gay. Those are in minority, but those of... ...people, those of us, those people who hate this kind of forced thing... ...they will be angry. And they are in the majority. Huge majority. So yeah, Netflix, let this be a huge lesson for you. That you don't screw up any other beloved anime. Because so far you have ruined two masterpieces. Death Note was another one that, unfortunately, I watched it. I watched, thankfully, a little bit of it and got disgusted by this. Something that Americans, unfortunately, don't realize is that they like to make everything Americanized. Like, I recently heard that Train to Busan's remake in... First of all, why does it even need a remake? But a remake for the American theaters. It's going to be, um, basically in America. First of all, it didn't need any remake whatsoever the movie just came out not 2021 but still it's new second of all why would you think that making a remake in american style would be better see this is why i said i don't like and don't support these kinds of things because you know it doesn't make any sense what is the point (laughs) you know And worse than that, like, you know, Death Note, we have that, we have Death Note, and uh, other things like that. The thing that really bugs me is that they are not learning anything. They go as far as to basically um, attack, um, you know, uh, a creator and let them off the project because they think their idea is far better. Did you know that recently, you probably know if you're in the anime business, but maybe you forgot. But the creator of Avatar The Last Airbender um, decided to actually leave the project because of creative differences. And I thought to myself, like, why Netflix? I mean, if the creator who is helping you decides to leave, you're doing something wrong. Stop that project. It's not that difficult to understand. You know? But I don't know why they do that. And I don't know why they think that, you know, it's fine to do crazy things like that. And now I'm worried about One Piece. The creator is on board, but I don't know how long it'll be before he also leaves as well. I mean, this is not the first time we've seen it happen. And now I'm actually really worried. I don't know how they're gonna adapt it. I don't know how will they change the story, and you know, I just said, you know, it's not difficult to adapt the main story, or at least make a story that can be, you know, in that world as well. Like, for example, the thing that Lord of the Rings Amazon version is doing, it's quite the most logical option. However, that story depends, and we have to wait to see what it is, so I'm not going to prejudge it to say that, yeah, it sucks, because I don't know the story. But I know that they chose the right path, a story that is in parallel to everything else. So, I don't know. I mean, I think that Netflix is not doing the right thing here. And I think that, you know, cancelling Cowboy Bebop is the right move right now. But the thing is that, will they learn anything from it? Will anything change at all or not? Because if it doesn't, then what's the point? You know, what is the point if, you know, uh, nothing is going to change? Alright, continuing on from that, uh, recently Toei Animation has done some really questionable things. Toei Animation has targeted uh, Totally Not Mark, a very popular YouTuber who basically. Um, talks about Dragon Ball, One Piece, Naruto, and many other mangas and animes, and most of it he just does, like, recently actually, he does these um, blind reviews, and they are really exciting to actually watch and, um, you know, listen to, and I say he was the guy who caught me up with everything regarding Dragon Ball, because I hadn't watched Dragon Ball in a long time, and I heard Dragon Ball Super um, was was basically um around and i think i was like you know it was before goku black that i decided to watch so i had to basically catch up to everything and it had been a while so watching his videos he really helped me um you know understand what the hell is going on in dragon ball world so anyways um he unfortunately had been targeted by toei and had um, upwards of 150 different videos taken down by Toei, and he basically, you know, um, had lost all these videos. It included not only Dragon Ball, but also One Piece as well, and you know, they all came from Toei. At first, many people thought that maybe it's these fake Toei accounts that do these kinds of things, but it turned out to be no, real one. And the most absurd thing was that they copyright, uh, they copyrighted like hundred videos in the span of a day. And how can you do that when you haven't even watched the video? How can you basically go out of your way to do this kind do the, uh, this kind of thing? So I was really shocked and really appalled by what had happened, and really, you know, I, I can't understand how YouTube allows this. Like, okay, fine, this is the property of someone, but the fact is that, like Mark actually says, how can someone like Stephen Colbert actually use the video of Dragon Ball easily, without any copyright, but if they use one frame, or if they create a frame of their own, it still gets copyrighted? Strangely enough, around 15 videos have been released, but there doesn't seem to be a you know, compelling pattern to them, so it is actually very... Very stupid that Toei is doing this. The fact that you know Toei is going out of their way to basically, you know, hurt this guy. And like he said, does Toei actually believe that they are a platform for promoting because they asked him to do a promotion for them? Or are they a threat? Because it cannot be both ways. You cannot ask them to promote something and then immediately say, don't do it. So honestly, I don't understand what's going on. Um, what um, basically they are doing here, and um, I don't really get it, but I am very much in support of Mark and anyone else who has been hurt by Toei or any other studio in this way. But most of the time it seems to be Toei. I have seen others having this kind of issue. I've seen, for example, Sega having this issue with a particular YouTuber. Um, thankfully, that was actually resolved. But again, I am, you know, very sorry that this is happening to Mark. And I actually have the utmost respect for him because he's an amazing guy. He has helped not only me, but probably so many others out there. So, Mark, I know that you have said in a recent video that you're going to move on, but I don't think that any of us in good conscience can actually move on from this. So, just like you said, I will also not support Toei until this thing is resolved. And honestly, it hurts me to even do this, but I do want to see not only Toei, but also YouTube actually do their best to become better, you know? It's not that difficult, you know? YouTube should be more vigilant on how they allow these copyright uh, strikes or claims to happen, you know? it's not something difficult. It should be much easier than this. It should be much more, um, you know, looked after. It's not something that, you know, you can suddenly say that, all right, fine. They copyright claimed 100 videos, so yeah, let's do it. This is something like, in akin to um, Instagram's um, recent copyright thingies where they actually removed a couple videos of mine where they're not removed in you know on youtube they're still there i'm like how can you basically do that you don't read the dispute you don't read what i say you just remove it and say that is what it is when they claim that yeah this might be copyrighted why these videos are allowed on youtube and youtube is a much bigger platform and there it's like a public kind of thing that i share here it's a private page that only few people can actually see I'm not making any money um, off of it. So what's the harm exactly? You know, that's the sort of thing that bugs me. So it's not just them. It's everyone. They think that they're being great guys by doing this, but it really sucks. So I don't know if my podcast will have any effect on any of this. But Toei, I hope you change your mind because this is really bad. Like... I know that maybe not a lot of people will boycott them or even know what has happened. But I think that, you know, there's enough people out there, content creators and, you know, YouTubers, podcasters, that can actually make a difference. So I hope we can make this difference. And I hope that this can be something that, um, you know, something that can actually have a positive outcome out of it. I hope it will and um that's it that's that's all i can say unfortunately mark i hope what i'm doing is enough and i hope that your channel thrives even after all of this and um i know that it will thrive but i honestly hope that all your content will come back and Toei will back off from doing this kind of terrible behavior that makes no sense whatsoever especially regarding some of your videos that I honestly don't understand what was the thing like he said, like Mark said. It's just like if Dragon Ball was in the title, it got copyrighted. So honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I actually hope that everything will be fine. So that's pretty much it. Now let's get into My Hero Academia and Jujutsu Kaisen manga review because there's a lot that happened in this, you know, in these chapters, and they're really cool. So, without any further ado, let's get into it. Alright, continuing on from all that controversy and terrible things that we, uh, you know, talked about. Now, let's get on to My Hero Academia. Now, in the latest chapters, a lot of things happen. So, first of all, the first things that we see is that, basically, Dobby is asking all for one, will it be a problem if your so-called friends get outed and if they're found out? And then he says, basically, no. Because, you know, what do you do if something cheap stops working? You throw it away. And he says, if he's successful, good for us. But if he doesn't, well, we throw them away. So it it just shows that, you know, All for One is a despicable villain through and through. He's so focused on everything that he wants to achieve that he basically is like, yeah, I'm going to... Kill anyone who doesn't help me in my quest to do what I want. So, and honestly, you know, he is that powerful to do it. But, you know, it's very weird who he is, what he is. So, he says that. And then, you know, he says that, you know, if that person can, you know, even be thrown away, then, you know, he can still get us some entertainment at least. And then we see that, you know, um, Deku is trying real hard to grab onto um, Ayama and talk to him and he's asking him to wait but then you know Aoyama is like you know um he's thinking to himself that you know my parents were very worried about me when I didn't have a quirk they came from wealthy families they raised me they raised me <laughs> they raised me in luxury without any inconvenience and that's why you know um You know, they probably were hurt more than he was when they found out he doesn't have a quirk. And, you know, because he was different. So that they tried their hardest to help him. And, you know, they heard a rumor. And that rumor was that basically all for one can give away powers. So that's why they got him a power. And the quirk that he got was one that was incompatible with his body. That's why, you know, he became queasy whenever he used his quirk. So then, you know, he says that, you know, they raised him lovingly, you know, because being that different in this world is very scary. So he wanted to basically become a hero to help them and um, show sympathy and compassion and, you know, so that he could repay them, sort of, and uh, so that he could make everyone happy and stuff like that, that he says. But... Um, Then we are shown kind of, you know, flashback dialogues where All for One is saying, for example, yes, there's a rumor that All Might might be um, going to UA to become a teacher, so make sure you get into UA. Tell me when the class will be isolated, which was USJ. Tell me where the training camp will be held, which was, you know, the training camp incident. And now that Midoriya has returned to UA, lure him out and isolate him. So. Yeesh. <laughs> you know, these were all orders from All for One. And then Ayama actually talks to Deku in a very shivery voice and says that that letter you left us when I found out that you were quirkless, just like me, I fell into the deepest pits of despair. And he's still crying, he's still really sad. So then he uses his laser, and Deku is using his power to try and save him. And he can actually see that Deku is not. Happy at all. He's not even angry. He's very scared for Ayama. So Ayama actually uses his laser, but it's stopped by Hagakure. And you know, honestly, I am surprised that he forgot because in the anime, at least, we actually see that she can, you know, manipulate light and they actually work together. It's a combo thing they do. So why did you forget? And then Hagakure actually says, that, you know, my body has the ability to warp light. And then we hear a little fizzle fizzle as if, you know, something is being, you know, slowly made. And, you know, there's like smoke around Hagakure and slowly we see that um, we finally see Hagakure and how she looks. I hope she wasn't naked. (laughs) Like, unfortunately, like, you know, unfortunately for her, honestly, her outline of her body is kind of being made. But then we see her face and she actually looks... Very much like that one-time sketch that Horikoshi made when he decided to swap the quirks of some of the characters. And I think that Hagakure got, um, um, she got Todoroki's quirk and his costume. And, you know, it's not that visible to understand. And, you know, her hair was different in a way. I think that's the same design. I think so... Basically, we were treated to her design way earlier than, you know, right now in the manga. At least that's from my point of view. Anyways, then she says that, you know, she's crying as well and saying that all of us could have died. All of Japan has been thrown to chaos and you still had the nerve to sit in the same classroom as us. You lived in the same dorms as us. And, you know, Aoyama is crying real hard. So are uh, his parents. And uh, they're trying to defend their child. And then Deku uses Black Whip to capture all of them. And uh, basically, then Deku tells Ayama that Hagakure, she did this for you so that you wouldn't have to hurt anyone else. So you would stop. So let's stop all of this right now. And you can see that Deku is crying. And he's very much shocked. He's just like, you know... I, I mean if I if I were Deku and I saw one of my friends, especially one that tried to be closer to me that I could help, and I see that you know they're in this kind of distress that they had to do these kinds of things, I would also, like, you know, um, you know, really in a bad place. I would have cried as well. I would have been in disbelief. And you know, for Deku, it's much harder because you know he's trying to save people, he's trying to fight all for one. And he finds out that one of his best... not best friends, that one of his very good friends is the one who betrayed all of them. So, you can understand how difficult it is for Deku. You know, I can actually see that he's really angry in his eyes. But at the same time, he's trying so hard to keep it in himself. So, here is where I actually went Way beyond what um, would have happened. I mean, I, actually, not that much. I actually thought that it was very easy to uh, predict that Deku would basically just ask Hagakure not to tell anyone. But you know, when when you know Ayama did this, attacked Deku and didn't want to come willingly or any, at least talk to them. That's why he had to capture Ayama, and then well, everyone found out. So it's not just um, these two. It's the whole class and the school, unfortunately. Everyone now knows. Now, I'm very much interested to see how... um, Someone like Aizawa will react. My God, imagine that. Aizawa, at this point, he's still at the hospital. God help you, Ayama. I mean, I have no clue what Aizawa will do to you. I have no clue what will happen. So then, we... um, We are saying that basically, you know, the police are there. And, you know, the All Might's police friend. I forgot his name for some reason. um, He's there and he says that, you know, he was given a quirk. um, And ended up being controlled. Uh, It was appended to him around uh, around 10 years ago. So, if he's safe even now, it doesn't seem like there's any mechanism for him to blow up. Like uh, Lady Nagant actually did. So, then... uh, Princess ne- Mezu. Mezu or Nezu? <laughs> principal. Did I say princess? Holy shit. <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, principal. Nezu? I'm pretty sure it's Nezu, right? Probably. Anyways, the principal says that you should you know, step away and get out of here for some time so we can talk. And then Todoroki is the one who says that there is no way in hell. And then... Kaminari continues by saying we are staying away from this. And then we are saying that Hagakure is actually crying and uh, she can't control uh, how upset she is. And she's actually crying on, you better guess, whose shoulder. I mean, unless you're you're reading uh, the manga next to me, you you probably don't know. But it's obvious, isn't it? At this point... It's so obvious, right? I'm just teasing. Ojiro. She's crying on Ojiro's shoulder, and Ojiro actually says that if Hagakure didn't expose you, what exactly were you planning to even do? And then, everybody else just starts to chime in They're Like, okay, Ayama, tell me this is all a lie. What's going on? What are you doing? And then Bakugo, standing next to Deku, is like a quirkless child given a quirk. Sounds like someone else that we know. Then we are shown Deku and Ayama. And Then the police guy says, unfortunately, we still have to follow proper protocol. So tell me everything you know about all for one The parent the father says we know nothing. We were asked to simply uh, carry out orders If we failed, we would be killed if we lied, we would be killed and then he says how do you even know that would happen? He then says that he showed us examples People who defied him were disposed of like garbage He says that if you ran to the police You'd be killed the moment you stepped out of their building. There was no escaping him. So basically, you know, no matter what, they would have died. And as we now know, One did not have any reservation along side saying that. Yeah, you know, you you're probably worth something. Hmm. Let me work with you. No, he probably was like, Yeah, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I didn't care. I kill anyone. So then, you know, the father yells and says that we were just following orders. Yuga had no idea. All he knew was to not let anyone find out we are the one who are at fault. And then basically, Ayama remembers what Hagakure said, which was, you know, you had the nerve to sit in the same classroom as us. And then Ayama says that, you know, he says that in front of me are people who could have died because of me. I had the nerve to hang out with you guys and laugh as if I was one of you. To be honest, thinking back, I think that, yeah, Ayama was actually under a lot of stress at different times, especially. I don't know if Horikoshi planned all of this, because maybe he tricked us by saying he forgot. But during the license arc, if you remember, um, Ida tried to help Ayama, and Ayama tried to be a hero. Now, thinking back about it, I think that, yeah, probably he he thought to himself that, you know, he doesn't deserve to be a hero because of everything that he has done so far. And when Ida saved him, he didn't even smile that much. He was like, okay, so kind of weird. I mean, if Orikoshi wanted to do this for a long time, damn, bro, that was some nice con. <laughs> Longest con to actually make us believe that you don't know... What's going to happen, and suddenly it does happen. But anyways, um, then he says that to see you, a former reckless person like me, knowing that you were struggling with the burden of fighting all for one, I despaired my own misery. When I put out my own despair before your heavy burden, I realized I was rotten to the core. And then we see that slowly, you know, Deku is getting angrier and angrier. And, you know, Ayama is just going... Further and further saying, yeah, I'm a terrible person. I'm a piece of shit. And then suddenly Deku's, Deku just yells. And he says that, okay, if you are a terrible person, why did you help Tokoyami and Kachan?" And then everyone remembers that back at the camp, he actually shot a laser to Mr. Compress. But I think that no one back then actually knew who Ayama was really there. I don't think they still know. I mean Dobby doesn't know otherwise he wouldn't have asked for one. So they couldn't probably go to alpha and be like, Yeah, hey, you know, you're traitor? He shot a laser. <laughs> he almost killed us. You know? So they probably don't know. That's what that's what scares me. Because once they ask, Dobby will remember and be like, Huh. So that kid, he shot a laser. He tried to be smart. And then maybe something will happen. I don't know. But still, then Deku continues and saying that was the cheese from that night that he wrote, I know. Signifying that you were doing all f- as doing as All For One ordered. Which, you know, honestly, I still don't get. Like, it just says, I know. What? I mean, what did he know? Did he know that Deku got the quirk from All Might? Because I'm sure he didn't. Because he says, I read in the letter a former quirkless person. That's how he probably knew. What else happened here? I mean, they are still, you know, trying uh, real hard to keep it a secret. So many things that we still don't know what's going on. So anyways, he says that... um, He's still yelling and says, I didn't realize it. It was an SOS. You needed my help. And uh, then he says, Why are you crying right now? It's because you couldn't do as all for one wished? Huh? And then... He says that I know a certain hero, who even though he, she was um, mind-controlled by all for one, she would never ever give up. Only her mind was crushed, but never her spirit. Talking about Lady Nagant, who was actually blown up, and she actually smiled before being blown up. My God, what that was a beautiful panel. Oof. So, Almighty is like Midoriya. You know, maybe he's trying to say, you know, just calm down a little, and. Uh, then Deku starts yelling and saying that, you know, no one should be named a villain for the rest of their lives just because they committed a crime. And honestly, I agree. I mean, his ideals are pretty good, but very hard to do in a society. Like, how are you going to do that? Once you say that already, honestly, now that he says this, I'm reminded of Gene. You know, twice. And yeah, the poor guy did a few crimes, but he started to become a better person and yet he died for no reason and was still labelled as a villain. Damn. Then he reaches out his hand and says, Take take my hand, Ayama. And then he says that you can still become a hero, and that's when Bakugo just suddenly, you know, realizes Is that your play? Yeah, and, you know, that's what you, what you want to do. And, honestly, I feel sad for Ayama. I feel sad for Deku because, you know, I understand who Deku really is. He, he just wants to, you know, help people out. He wants to be the best hero there can be. And with doing that, it would take an immense amount of energy and power. All Might wasn't a guy who was always... Surrounded by friends, right? He didn't want to, maybe, but he wasn't. Deku is, and he has to sh- have this burden of seeing his friends getting hurt, his friends maybe being a villain, hurting each other, and things like that. That's really tough. And the fact that he wants everything to be as perfect and as it can be, oh boy. I mean, I don't get it. I mean, this kind of positivity, Deku... It's not bad, but it will hurt you. And I really hope that he will never change. That he will still remain this positive through everything. And it's his positivity that actually changes people. So I know that right now he is trying his best to convert Ayama. I don't know if Ayama will actually accept or not. Because he has his own guilt and at the same time he's not feeling that good anyway. I don't know. But I'm trying to you know guess. I mean, what I guessed was... correct, but I'm willing to bet that Ayama will actually accept, he will start to become a better person, he will maybe help them in any way that he can, maybe even put his own life on the line, when it comes to All for One, and maybe he actually dies doing that, redeeming himself, and I don't know, it's just really weird, it's just really difficult to witness all of this, because... It's not that easy to, you know, see this kind of thing happen. Seeing your friend betray you like this and not understanding then why did they do what they did most of the time. It's kind of weird. And I honestly hope Ayama can actually come back to them and become a hero. It's just really weird, isn't it? (laughs) Anyways, yeah. That was everything that happened in this chapter, and that's what I think will happen. We'll probably see that could try his darndest to bring Ayama around, but I don't know. Well, let's hope that things will be better for everyone in the next chapter. Um, anyways, so this is for My Hero Academia, such an amazing chapter. And um, you know, every, everyone was in shock, not just them, but also me as well. Like, poor guy. I mean, I feel for him, but, you know, it feels really bad, everything that's happening to him. Anyways, let's go to Jujutsu Kaisen, because Jujutsu Kaisen also had some really cool things happen that are really noteworthy. So, let's get into that. All right, so now let's get into Jujutsu Kaisen. If you may remember, um, we had um, a certain event happen last week where uh, Megumi actually got caught up to a few of these people uh, who were participating in the calling game and they started to explain some weird things that are happening. And um, as they uh, were basically, you know... uh, explaining about it and stuff like that. Megumi started to say, hell no, I'm not going to work with you guys and whatever. And then um, we suddenly saw an eye drop from very top. And, you know, it was basically... Uh, I was like... "Last was like, what the hell? Whose eye was that? What's the significance? And stuff like that. So anyways, before we start, it seems that they also had popularity results in uh, for this particular... Um, you know, this particular chapter. So, the votes are as follows, and I, see I understand how this happened, but still, why does it happen with every Shonen jump manga? It's never the main guy, but still. Fushiguro Megumi actually um, became number one with 19,000 votes. Um, Gojo Satoro became second with 14,000 votes, and Itadori Yuji became 3rd with 13,000 votes. Now in this panel, it doesn't unfortunately say more. I don't know who uh, became 4th or 5th, things like that. But I'm willing to bet that maybe Maki actually became 4th? She was pretty badass. Maki, Mai, both of them? I mean, spoiler, I mean, you guys are already here, so you probably know. But they're 1 now, so counts double. Whatever you want to choose, they're they, they vote is double. Anyways, I'm kidding. Anyways, um, we are seeing that, you know, Fushiguro um, couldn't talk to those guys, things didn't go as planned, and then the eye, we see the eyeball dropping, and we are like, what the hell? And he actually notices the eye, then, eye actually explodes. And they were introduced to someone called Iori Hazanoki, Someone who has 35 points. And his body parts can explode, apparently. So we see that he has removed his eye and a few of his teeth. Ish. And then, you know, he basically, you know, did that to kill uh, Fushiguro. So we see that, you know, Fushiguro actually was able to escape. But then we see a hair shaped like Scorpion Tail um, almost hits him. He grabs a girl and... Um, you know, just, you know, pulls her so he so she falls, and then yells at her, like, are you okay with this? Are you okay with everything these guys are doing? And then we see the exploding guy, Iori, jump down, and, um, you know, again, try to explode things, and we see some, you know, uh, things being thrown at Megumi as well. So he actually protects himself, and he's like, the smell, it's gasoline! And we see that the guy has actually regenerated, his eye is back. So then, um, we see that this guy is throwing his own teeth, you know, and was like, what the hell? He's throwing his own teeth at them, and then, of course, they explode, and I still don't get exactly what his powers are, you know, his uh, technique, what's his technique, like, body parts that can regenerate and are with gasoline and they can explode? Pretty cool. So anyways, there's a huge explosion. And then the other guy, um, Reggie star comes and says, is it over, did we win? And he's in a room. The bastard, coward bastard went into the room. So he says it over and they said, no, they they hit, they're okay. And we understand that Reggie has 41 points. Then, um, basically, uh, Megumi is, um, you know, in that room, the door actually fell on him. He's protecting the girl as well. And uh, he says that, you know, now do you understand? Those guys couldn't care less about protecting you. You're nothing to them. So just get out of here. And then uh, he's hit by that scorpion hair, uh, scorpion tail hair. So he's like, you know, I've had enough. And, you know, then that girl, and, you know, I actually feel really sad about for this girl. She's so... I don't know, Lost, maybe? And, um, you know, she says that, you know, you should you should be like sama. You should tell me that you will protect me. You should, you know, basically, um, you know, say that you love me and things like that. And then, uh, you know, Megumi is very seriously looking at her and says, like, you know, there's like, see them sometimes. You know, trash like you who cling to people's words rather than their actions. You're a scum! <laughs> and honestly, he's right. Why would you put, you know, stock in someone's words rather than their action? So, anyways. Um, then we see someone called Chizuru Hori who has 28 points. He's there, he finds them, and he's like, Huh, you're already hurt. You know, it wasn't easy to climb up here. And, you know... Uh, Uh, Then, he says that, you know, you you should use the stars, you Neanderthal idiot. (laughs) And then, you know, we understand that, yeah, it's now four versus one. Holy shit. Yeah, it's actually four versus one. But then, before they can even start fighting, um, Kagane actually comes and says that, yeah, we have a new rule. Now you can basically give each other points. Yay. And Megumi actually just smiles. He's really happy. And then the other guy, um, Chizuru weird names is like stupid rule <laughs> and then megumi actually tries to hit him and then he uses his power and says max elephant i'm thinking like what is that a shikigami or something anyways we see the building blow up we see his bird shikigami actually grab he, he doesn't actually grab this guy but you know for it flies out and um and then you know the chizuru is slowly falling And Megumi grabs his knife, sits on the guy, and uh, hits his face multiple times. And then, you know, they fall, and uh, Megumi, of course, stands very easily. He's like, (laughs) nothing happened. And then, you know, the guy Chizuri is very angry. He's like, You bastard, how dare you? And then, shut up! And then, he (laughs) did. The poor bastard died. For real, this time. So, then you know um, he's like you know I needed to gather points hmm but you know he says all right I shouldn't be I shouldn't be panicking I shouldn't do crazy things um, you know I shouldn't get hung up on these guys as points I'll do everything that I can I don't need your points and he will deal with whatever they do and he gets five points and he basically you know, he killed them He killed one of them so he gets the points And then we see Reggie and that other dude, Iori, they come down with umbrellas, so flashy, like, dude, you could just, you know, basically come down easily. So, he says that, you know, I'm appalled he was killed, we could have used those points and he didn't even show his curse technique. And then, Megumi is like, has that stupid girl run away? He doesn't know, but he knows that right now, it's still two versus one and he's noting that you know he's not that uh feeling that good right now the explosion was you know it actually hurt him and he says should i use my domain my domain is incomplete i can't seal my opponents oh my god what should i do and he says the worst situation would be if they managed to escape from it and the fight resumes i would have made a domain for nothing he's not wrong but then something weird happens this guy throws his teeth to explode, and then Megumi is actually saved. And we see, you know, uh, you know, the, the, we see a guy that comes in, and he's like, "That is dangerous." And they're all like, "Who the hell are you?" And he says, "Do you think that is fair, you guys? You know, you are being real bad. Why do you do that?" And you, know, he calls them cowards. And you know, his attacks are. He says that your attacks are ineffective, but then we see he's bleeding. And he says, I've received zero damage, but dude, if you have, why are you bleeding? But then he introduces himself as uh, Takaba Fumihiko. He is basically a comedian sorcerer, and he's come to save Megumi. Honestly, right now, Megumi has a very tough job. He. Was fighting 2v1, and he was basically caught off guard. And things were not really looking well for him. It's like, you know, um, things were really stupid. And, you know, he's like, holy shit, what do we do, what do we do? But now with this guy, I don't know if he can actually get some help from this guy. I'm actually really curious. Is this guy even good? Or is he just like, you know, um, I don't know, like... uh, extra baggage <laughs> will he die in one second what will will basically uh i mean you know like what will happen to him will he actually be of help or not i you knew comedian sorcerers that's actually something really cool that i want to see and uh you know honestly uh i am excited for everything that will happen but i don't know like I guess that, you know, first of all, I'm very intrigued by what domain will he actually create if Megumi does that. I don't think that we have seen him do that, ever. But then, I'm really more interested in seeing a comedian sorcerer? Who the hell is that? What will he do? I mean, I'm, I'm really excited. And, uh, you know, honestly, I have no clue what will happen. I prefer not to say anything. But... Seeing Megumi save that girl, even though he did say that, yeah, you know, if you uh, if you do anything, I'm gonna kill you. He didn't. It makes me think that maybe he has a little bit of soft spot for that girl, and maybe Remy will actually help them. My thoughts are that maybe she will lose it, and as she has lost it right now, and will attack Reggie. Makes sense, right? I mean, she could get angry and attack Reggie and save them, but still. It's really cool, and maybe, you know, when she attacks him, you know, then uh, they'll force Reggie to give them their score. And I really want to see what this comedian does. I mean, he's crazy, but maybe he's powerful and it doesn't show. Probably not as powerful as we might think, but still, powerful enough to actually save our boy. I'm excited. Let's see what he can actually do. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's for Jujutsu Kaisen. And um you know it was really really exciting, but you know, it's kind of getting slow. Get a little bit more pumped up, you know? We wanna see more. This is this is like this is like maybe you know twenty or thirty seconds in an anime. Alright, I'm exaggerating, but you know it's not that long anyway. Like a minute at most. Like you should give us way more. I don't know if this was actually shorter than the My Hero Academia chapter, but it felt like it feel like more things happened in My Hero Academia one. Anyways, that's it. Now let's get into Demon Slayer. My review of basically the rest of the chapters after the end of the second season. I mean, at least if you think that Swordsmith Village is the end of second season, then where it will go. And that's probably what I think from that. I don't know if it will be spoiler-filled or not, I will try my utmost to keep it spoiler minimum, but be warned regardless, because it's not really that easy to talk about it without spoiling anything. So, let's go! Alright, so let's get into it. Demon Slayer's manga is just something that I have never read before, and I'll be honest here, I haven't, you know, I have read quite a few mangas and watched quite a few animes, but, uh, maybe, well, none of them actually, you know, drew me in the way Demon Slayer did. Like, with My Hero Academia, it was more like curiosity and getting ahead of the curve. But with Demon Slayer, it was like, oh my god, where is this thing going? And the more I read, the more it just kept me, you know, in that loop. And I'll be honest, there were some places I would say that it fell short of what, you know, the masterpiece itself was. But it wasn't that bad. It wasn't to the point that I was like, yeah, this is terrible. No. For example, I would say the Entertainment District arc was really good. So good. Whereas the Swordsmith Village, it was like kind of all over the place. And while I did enjoy it in the end because of you know the revelation at the end of the ending. More of it I would say was good. I mean I hope the anime when it's get when it gets animated it's still good and you know it feels like you know there's a good arc. But it was nothing compared to Entertainment District. Now when we go after that where it's like the training, Hashira training and understanding more about the marks and you get to basically see the war even being kickstarted. My God those arcs are just mind blowing. Like when it comes to that training, it's more like a precursor to everything that's going to happen. But when you get to the arc, the official start of it, the way it even started, it was literally bombastic. And it was so freaking good that I really didn't know something like this would happen. Because I, I had an expectation. And I thought to myself, yeah, something to this thing, to this kind of you know way, it can happen. But then, when it did, I was like, "Whoa, this is this is amazing! How did they even start this?" And you know, it felt like a few other shōnen's how they start, or it could actually compare to even maybe a few comic books. But it felt really good reading it and watching, you know, how the story was unfolding. But then I thought to myself that I have heard that this is maybe sixty chapters or something. How long will it be? But then reading through them, meeting each of the upper moon demons and you know their, you know, who they are, what they are, there are times I was like, wow, whoever wrote this, either knew someone who could you know relate this particular backstory to, or is taking inspiration from software somewhere. It's not something that can come out of your mind, like when it comes to one of the you know. Um, upper moon characters like for example someone like um, Akaza. Akaza was like an amazing character his past, who he was why he became who he did Uh, I mean everything about him was so beautiful that made me cry so much I couldn't even hold it in I just kept crying and crying because it was so freaking beautiful I mean it was written so beautiful so beautifully well I don't know if that makes sense. It was so well done. Let's go that way. And it was so nice that you would feel very sad for Akaza. You would actually, like, you know, you would cry for him because of who he was, what had happened, and everything else that went in his life. And I honestly enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so very, very much. Very much. He was a character who, you know... I'm not gonna say he was like, you know, a great character that he would deserve the best things in the world. No, but he didn't deserve what he got either. I mean, it wasn't his fault, the things that happened to him, but it was really nice. Really nice. And... ma, wow, wow, wow. My god, you guys are gonna love this character. You're gonna love everything that happens, the fight and everything. I would argue that the fight may be dragged on a little bit during the end but the way it was handled it was still good i'm not gonna say it was perfect but it was really good very close to perfect very close it was something unique that i had honestly i had never read such a thing and it was so beautiful now when you get to the other uh, demons who they were and you know why they are uh what they are now Um, you know, the thing was that some of them you could not basically sympathize with, and some of them you would hate even more, right? Like, for example, the character Duma, I hated this guy. And when he talked about his past and everything, I could not, for the life of me, start to, you know, grasp, like, you know, how would I even feel sorry for him? I didn't, because he didn't need to be that kind of a guy. He didn't need to, you know um be a character who you would feel sorry for like Akaza. And you know compared to Akaza, he felt like felt like a you know total asshole and more like, you know, a step down from him because of who Akaza was. But you know Duma, in terms of power, in terms of disgusting character that he was, the backstory that he revealed for a certain character, and things like that. And one thing that he actually does, which is very disgusting, and we later, later, much later find out why that happened. Oof, my god. Like, Duma actually pushes all these guys to their absolute limit, and I hate him for that, because terrible things happen to these guys. But still, a very powerful villain. One that actually, I think that's the beauty of it. The way he's written, he makes you want to hate him. And I love that. It's not easy creating a character that when you see, you're like, um, you know, yeah, I hate you, uh, I, you know, I despise you, things like that. That happens very rarely. You know, most of the time we're just like, yeah, that's a villain. I respect him or her. Uh, yeah, it's a good thing. I like it. I like it. Okay, oh, yeah, fine. But never are we like, wow, I feel sad for this guy genuinely. Or wow, I really hate this guy. Duma was one of those guys who I actually hated, and there was no redeeming him whatsoever. Razaka's up, yeah, redeeming. Then we get to another character who, I don't know, should I even say who he is? Because it's a huge spoiler, and so far, I'm keeping it spoiler-free, so I'm not gonna say exactly who he is or who fights this guy. But the thing is that, before that, we get to, you know, learn more about the Hashiras as well. Their motivation, who they are, why are they doing all of this uh, what drives them things like that and i really enjoyed their backstory many of their backstories are really sad many of their backstories i actually some of them i could really relate to i really could understand where they're coming from and you know, why do they feel the way they do and when we get to um upper rank one um You probably will see him in this season, but until then, I'm not going to spoil. This character is a very weird character. Because, you know, when you hear the backstory, you actually get to hear two different versions of the backstory. And I actually felt sad. Not for this demon, but for the other character, whose version we hear. The other character's version was so sad that I cried... My eyes out. Because there's several things that happened. Not only his backstory. But the things that happened to him. And some stuff like that. And oof, Just. I couldn't handle it. It was so well written. The character was so well made. And. It was just so. So beautiful. And then we get to. This demon. His past. And while you may hate him. At first. And be like. Oh come on dude. Grow up. <laughs> like. You would feel like that. You would feel like, yeah, you know, grow up. What the hell is wrong with you? But as the story goes on and, you know, things like that, you see, wow, this guy's really powerful. He's really even OP. But then, um, you know, you know, things go on and um, you're like, okay, okay. I understand. This is okay. This is cool. (laughs) Until you get to one particular panel and you're like, why are you doing this to me? (laughs) And then you immediately cry your eyes out like, why is it like that? Why are you doing this? It is such a beautiful story all the way. I mean, the story that is always told, it's always about family. The theme of Demon Slayer is just family, right? And you get to see so many different families. You don't get to only see like good families. You get to see bad families. You get to see... Terrible families, families that hurt each other, families who are not nice to each other. So that's one of the most strongest things about it. Like, you know, for example, Dragon Ball has always been about power. People who pursue power, people who want more power and hurt each other in that way or put others in harm's way because of power. Or, for example, My Hero Academia. It's very simple. Good versus bad. Quirks versus, you know, people who are quirkless. How can you, you know, strive to be better things like that. You know, Demon Slayer keeps it very simple. Just all about family, and I love it. Like every villain, every good guy, they they all are related to their family. In you know their motivation. You know, most of the time in you know, animes and mangas, families probably don't have that much a role. Like you know, when you think of Goku, for example, like yeah, Goku is not a guy who had access to family that much. Deku somehow had some access and it wasn't even that much or you can think of you know somebody else like you know maybe think of well naruto your family does have a lot of things with him but still like you know okay like for example even you know one piece at first the family is not even that important and then it comes into play you get to meet other characters and things like that but the point is that you know overall these characters who they are, what they are, it's all because of their family. And while I actually love it, I would say that, you know, he did his best writing this story. He did his absolute best. The story that he tells, the way he tells, it's so well done that you cannot possibly go out of your way and say that, yeah, this story is just stupid. Where does it get these things? No, you would read it and be like, oof. How did he even come up with this thing? How did he come up with this idea? With that idea? You know? And, you know, honestly, I don't think that uh, it's a bad thing that, you know, uh, he writes it like this. I think that it's actually very, very well done. And it's just something amazing. Like, when you read it and, you know, you get to these backstories, you just can't stop thinking, like... Wow, where did this even come from? Where is this idea from? And you know, the cool thing, the more, the cooler thing that happens a lot is the fighting. The fighting that happens, aside from that, you know, backstory and stuff like that, the fighting is so good that you are not able to guess exactly who's gonna win, who's gonna lose, who's gonna be injured, who's gonna even die. And when it happens, it's super. And I love that. And I love that that he doesn't hold back when it comes to these characters. I love that, you know, everywhere there's a story unfolding. Everywhere you're seeing a particular story coming to fruition. And, you know, it's just so beautiful. And, you know, overall, i just going to say that, you know, this manga did so well in keeping my attention to the very end. Like, until the very end, I was like, you know hooked on all of the story all the battles that were going on who these guys are what's happening everything about it i gotta say this guy the writer the mangaka is just a genius this is not an easy story to tell this needs to be said it is not easy at all because you know having first of all having the guts to actually go to the ending this fast having the guts to even finish the story That you started. Not wanting to continue it on. For years and years. It takes guts. And finishing it like this. Is just so good. That it's unbelievable. You feel a genuine connection. With each of the characters. You may have a favorite character. And when people ask you for example. Why? You may not even know it. But you're like. Yeah there's a certain thing about him. It could be that family connection. It could be that. You know, who they are and why, you know, they became the past, you know, their past and things like that. Uh, It's all that. And, you know, Tanjiro, of course, is the star. And while I say that, for example, yeah, Deku is a guy who brings out the good in people. He does his best. Tanjiro is maybe a level higher than Deku. And that's why I probably adore him. Like Tanjiro's mind, his uh, accept, you know... How would I even say that? Acceptance. Acceptance of everyone else around him. And you know, doing his best to help people. It's just something beautiful. And I love him. I think this character is simply amazing. He does his best and um, it's just simply something unique, you know? And, you know, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I do not want to spoil anything about this game. Uh, sorry, game. Sorry, the anime and the manga. So, why not just, you know, read it yourself? Because, you know, until the very end, you cannot, like, you know, take a breath and be like, yeah, everything's fine, everything's fine. Everything is fine. No, you cannot do that because, you know, it keeps going on and on and on and, you know, things keep on getting more dangerous, more crazy. And, 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 you know, I'm so happy that when I actually saw the ending online, it wasn't, what i thought it was because then when i read the ending saw the ending panel online i was like oh come on this is a stupid spoiler and you know it kind of hurt me and i was like it's nice engraving my mind what the hell but when i read it i was like whoa thank god this is very different from what i thought it was and i'm happy because it took guts to do that kind of ending it took real guts I mean, basically, the last chapter is like an epilogue, and first of all, before that, everything that happens is still very cute, very nice, and, you know, I gotta say, Demon Slayer's manga is just so beautiful. It's so much about, you know, determination. It happens a lot. The theme is there a lot. Determination, having the power and the will to do something, moving forward with it, doing your absolute best to do it. Next to, of course, family, how family affects someone, how it will affect people in the future, things like that. There's so much to love here. There's so much even irony in this thing. And honestly, it is just a beautiful manga overall. I mean, I'm not gonna go as far as to say this is the manga of the decade, but I would say that it has done some crazy things. Aside from you selling that much, that many copies... Aside from, you know, having such a great anime adaptation, I would say that, you know, this manga and anime broke ground. They did something that hasn't been done in a long time. Having family being the forefront, having determination, the good and evil versus each other, showing that to the best of your ability with your story, it took guts and, they, you know, of course, ending it like that took guts. Not wanting to continue it for the foreseeable future for like 10 years, It took real guts. And I would say that, yeah, maybe that's why many people love it. Many people want to, you know, basically um, read it and, you know, watch it. You know, that's why it hooks people in and never lets go. That's why. It's unique. Or even if you will say that, yeah, there are other animes or mangas that did this in the past. I would say that, okay, are they here now? Are they relevant now? Do you see them? Like, what's going on? If, if that's the case, I would say that, okay, maybe Demon Slayer is not that high. But, you know, the fact that it grew to a, you know, huge audience, it started to actually grab the attention of many people. That's what I care about. I think that, you know, that's, you know, such a uh, commendable uh, feat on its own. I mean, Jujutsu Kaisen grabbed many people's attention because it was unique, because it has such a dark story, very well written. Very good characters. It took people by literal surprise the way it was. But with this, it's something else entirely. Like, you know, I would say that it's such a beautiful story. And you have to read it. You cannot, like, you know, say that, no, I'm not going to read it. No, no, no. I'm going to say, no, 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 you have no choice. Read the damn thing. <laughs> so anyways, that is my review and my take on my... Uh, on demon slayer manga i hope that you guys also enjoyed this manga yourself i hope that if you did you would share your opinion with me say what did you enjoy most about it what was so gripping about it did you enjoy the ending the war arc everything that happened the many twists and surprises that came out of this arc i would love to know your opinion i would love to know like you know how would you even rate it i would definitely rate it 10 out of 10 because this was perhaps one of the few mangas actually made me care about the villain, about the heroes. It made me cry. It was very well done. So, anyway, it actually kept some of the terrible consequences. So, I would love to know your opinions as well. With that, I will end this episode. Thank you for joining me. Um, we are, of course, going to have a throwback review. And um, definitely, we're going to do Watch or Skip as for throwback review i'm going to do yakuza uh the whole series and as for watch or skip i'm gonna do um evangelion anime and you know how to watch the anime in the correct way that internet has actually done it thank you internet and reddit for telling me how to actually watch it so i'm really excited and i will definitely tell you guys how you can watch it if you're new to this series and you We'll probably be confused given how many movies and, you know, directors cuts and things like that are out there. So, if you're interested in Bangalian, do tune in on Thursday. And if you are interested in Yakuza series, how to start it, where to start it, and how to even play it, what to expect from all of it, well, tune in on Wednesday. Anyways, guys, thank you for joining, and I hope that you will have a great time watching the second, second episode Of Demon Slayer's second season. Which is today. I'm going to watch it on Hulu. It will unlock in about. uh, Actually two hours from now. So two hours for me. But I'm sure by the time this episode goes live. It will be like 90 minutes. Thank you guys for joining. And I'll see you guys next time.